Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38 called The Lord Answers Job. We're in Job 38 tonight as we continue with a part two of The Lord Answers Job. I guess I'm not giving you any new news, but you all know what the coronavirus is doing to the world. You know it originated right here in the city of Corona. No, no I'm just kidding, it did not. <laughs> uh, it originated in China. And it is interesting to think about this, that China, and I'm not going to be politically correct here, nor are we really ever, has committed many atrocities over the years. And I could name many atrocities right now that have to do with population control, work environment, cheap labor, uh, their communism and atheism, which is put people in camps and prisons. There's a lot of things that come out of China that are not really positive at all. And tonight we are going to deal with a section of scripture where God says, I am sovereign. And the idea of sovereignty, although you could debate the nuances of sovereignty, means that God is ultimately in control of everything. The book of Job is about God's sovereignty. So a quick definition of sovereignty is that God is the ultimate controller of everything. Now there are people who say that God has a permissive will and a specific will, and there's all these different ways that you can kind of slice and dice it. He allows some things, but even the things that he allows, you have to say he minimally allows them, whatever they may be. And in our day and age right now, and just before I came out here, my son was telling me in the back that they've canceled all NBA games because they found out that a center on the Utah Jazz has the coronavirus. So the NBA season is now on hiatus. They are not, they are, they've already uh, concluded that all the March Madness games, which I love, I love college basketball, will be played in front of no fans and the world, I, I've said this recently, is hemorrhaging, but the world is also panicking. And the panic has moved from China to Italy. And we understand the reasons. We understand that some people have died because of this virus. And we understand that they're now announcing that it is a pandemic. And we would have to submit, honestly, just as we look at the news and we look at the way media works and what people do for political purposes, that the media has blown this up and now people are in a full panic mode. But here's my question for you and me tonight. Is, are you panicking? Are you in panic mode? What do you think God might be saying to China, to Italy, to the United States of America, and for that matter, the world tonight? If God is sovereign... If God is the ultimate controller of the world, and we all have to admit that God has been extremely patient on a lot of uh, moral atrocities that have happened throughout the world, not only in China, but in the United States. 
And God has been very patient, and he's not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. But you, if you're here tonight, and you've been a Christian for any length of time, you have to know that God allows things in his world, in his universe, to get our attention. So here's my encouragement to you. Don't panic. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind, okay? We are to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So part of our uh, walk with the Lord is to be a thankful people, and I'm working on this all the time, so I'm preaching to myself as I preach this. With thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known to God, and what does God promise? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? It will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, it does not mean that we don't walk in wisdom. It doesn't mean that you are not prudent and wise about the way you live, the amount of times you wash your hands, you know, whatever, whatever that means for your day-to-day life. I'm not telling you to be silly or unwise. The Bible, does, the Bible encourages us, the Lord of the Bible encourages us to use our minds to, to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. But the church has an opportunity right now to be salve, to be ambassadors of hope, to tell people, look, it will be okay. And sure, it's true. Some people have perished because of this and you know, there's more and more people now who are reporting that they've tested positive. But you know what? From a big picture standpoint, most people who get this are gonna be okay. So that's what we need to know as well. And we had the H1N1 virus that happened, I think it was in 2008, and it was serious. But look, here's what we need to understand. Do you believe that your life is in God's hands? Do you believe this world is ultimately gonna wrap up the way that God says it's gonna wrap up? Now we get all this, you know, people are, they're all up in arms about a a whole host of things with doomsday scenarios and predictions being thrown out. The world's gonna end in 10 years if we don't do this or don't do that. Don't you believe it? The one who's going to wrap up the times when he has decided is God Almighty. And that's what it means to be a Christian. That's not everything it means, but that's a big part of what it means to be a Christian is I believe that God is on the throne of the world and hopefully on the throne of my life. Amen? Now Job has been questioning that because the book of Job is about the problem of evil. So pray tell, here we are on a night when the world is hemorrhaging and we get to wrestle with the problem of evil. And when we open the book, 17 years ago, now, just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I think it was. I don't even remember what year it was now. All right, we're in the 38th chapter of the book of Job. Just a little humor for you, okay? We, we threw out this problem of evil, and we said, we were honest, the problem of evil is a problem. We're in a broken world. Some of you tonight are hurting personally, struggling with your own health, struggling with a difficult diagnosis. Some of you have dealt with years of pain that uh, you've had to try to uh, figure out how to live with. Some of you have lost loved ones. Some of you have loved ones that are ill and it's not easy to deal with. 
There's a whole host of things represented in this room. There's a whole host of things represented in our larger body. We can then walk that out to the Christian community in Corona, Southern California, and then we, you know, we look at the world. And right now, I told the group that prays before we do this Wednesday night meeting, I said, I don't know what the world does in times like these. I don't know what the world does. But my hope is in Christ. And my encouragement to you is to try to exploit these times to share the hope of the gospel. Because we believe in a savior who conquered the grave. Not even the grave is gonna have the final word. Jesus does, amen? Father, as we get into your word, would you get your word deep into us? Would you encourage us to have hope, to seize opportunities? The world's in panic mode. The church has the answer. The answer is Jesus. Um, Help us, Lord, and tonight speak what you wanna speak to our hearts as we tackle this section in Job 38. May your will be done. May you be glorified in your church and in this generation. And I pray that, uh, Father, whatever message you're trying to send the world right now, and I believe one of the messages is that we need to repent and return to our God. And even that idea of praying and repenting is mocked by many circles in this country. Oh God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. May we return back to our God who is so generous and so quick to heal and forgive. Uh, Lord, we cry out to you tonight that you would just start a revival in our nation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Lord answers Job. The major theme is rain or water. In this particular section, we're dealing with Job 38. We're gonna look at verses 25 through 38. The image behind me, the Lord answers Job part two, is that of the storm clouds and the rains. We pick it up in Job 38, verse 25. God continues to ask his questions to Job, 77 questions in all that come from God to Job, and he says, who has cleft a channel for the flood, 38.25, or a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land without people, on a desert without a man in it, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the seeds of grass to sprout. Now, when we ended our last time together, we were looking at this uh, element we, we, call, we know as H2O or water and the different ways that it can manifest itself. And in fact, in a test tube, what's called the triple point of water, water will freeze at the bottom, liquefy in the middle, and puff steam uh, at the top or out of the top. It's called the triple point of water. H2O or water is a remarkable element in and of itself. God had told Job uh, a few verses earlier that water can be used in warfare. Look at verse 22. He says, have you entered, Job, the storehouses of the snow? Or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of distress for the day of war and battle? Where is the way that the light is divided or the east wind scattered on the earth? Notice the mention of snow in 22, hail at the end of 22, and this uh, being reserved for the time of distress. And I mentioned to you that one of the plagues in the Exodus was a plague of hail mixed with fire uh, or hit the ground and then uh, caused fire. I think it was hail and blood. And 
there's also another battle that I mentioned to you where in Psalm 68, 14, and you can write down if you didn't get this last time, in Joshua 10, 11, God used hail in the battle. And in Psalm 68, 14, there's a mention of, uh, I believe, there's snow. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance and the Walk in Truth team would like to invite you to our next 633 event, One Nation Under God, How America's Christian Heritage Shaped Our Country, with guest Lenny Esposito, president of Come Reason Ministries. At this free event, we will explore how Christianity played an essential role in shaping this country and how the current push toward a post-Christian culture will mean a fundamentally different America. One Nation Under God will be on July 11th at 6.33 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Or you can watch online on our YouTube channel. Learn more about 633's One Nation Under God when you visit walkintruth.com and click on events or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Have you seen the storehouses of the hail? which I have reserved for the time of distress, for the day of war and battle? Where is the way that the light is divided or the east wind scattered on the earth? Notice the mention of snow in 22, hail at the end of 22, and this uh, being reserved for the time of distress. And I mentioned to you that one of the plagues in the Exodus was a plague of hail mixed with fire, uh, or hit the ground and then uh, caused fire. It was, I think it was hail and blood. And uh, there's also another battle that I mentioned to you where in Psalm 68, 14, and you can write down if you didn't get this last time, in Joshua 10, 11, God used hail in the battle. And in Psalm 68, 14, there's a mention of, uh, I believe, there's snow. The treasures of snow, in this case, water is used in a, time of distress or a time of battle or even in warfare. And I mentioned to you the armies of Napoleon and Hitler who because of of cold weather and snow were uh, uh, upended by the weather. And so God is sovereign over the weather as well. And here the snow can be something that is used uh, to that end for a negative Uh, In verse 25, there's a contrast. It says, God has cleft a channel for the flood or a way for the thunderbolt to bring rain, but here it's rain on a parched land, a land without people, on a desert without a man in it, to satisfy, notice now, here's the contrast, contrasting purpose of the use of water here, to satisfy the waste and desolate land and to make the seeds of grass to sprout. God created an element that can be used for evil or calamity and for good. 
And I told you as God begins to ask 77 rhetorical questions of Job, many who read the book of Job say, what is with the questions? I don't understand why Job is asked questions by God instead of getting answers. And I'll say to you that this is a, a device but it is not without an answer. It's just a way of giving an answer in a different way because when a rhetorical question is asked, it's asked so that you can participate in the question and consider what the answer might be as the question comes forth. So, uh, Credence Clearwater, Clearwater Revival asks the question, I wanna know, have you ever seen the rain? Coming down a sunny day. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Now, they asked a question in a song. And if you like that song, and if you've been around as long as some of us who now get senior discounts uh, have been, you remember that song. And it's a question, isn't it? I want to know. Have you ever seen the rain? And isn't it interesting with songs and uh, dance and art the artist often will leave the interpretation to the one who takes in the art or considers the word. Sometimes you'll hear uh, an author of a song and someone will ask, well, what, what does that mean? And they might say something like, well, it's left for you to inter interpret. Now, we gotta be careful with that when it comes to scripture, of course, right? There's only one right interpretation of scripture. But the point is this, when a rhetorical device of questions is asked, it brings you into the conversation, so to speak, and then you get a chance to consider the meaning of the question so that there is an answer in the question. God could have said to Job, hey, just be quiet, sit down, shut up, and let me tell you about the universe that I created. And then maybe if I want to allow you to speak, you can talk. But that's not what God did. God brought Job into the process in the questions. And it is an interesting thing to think about. And in Southern California, I don't know if, if you do this, but I look at the weather app all the time on my phone, and the rain is here. Have you noticed? If you look at your phone, don't do it right now. If you look at your phone, the next seven days are rain, 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 rain. And they say it never rains in... Southern California. Anyway, <laughs> what's with all the songs? Oh, there's more to come. Just hold on. And the rain is interesting, isn't it? Because the rain is really in many ways miraculous, although meteorologists and scientists will tell us that you know, they've got it all figured out. But it is interesting to think about a cloud up in the sky that dumps water on the earth. And the water is uh, vital for life. Life is really dependent on the water. And there's uh, stories in our Bibles where there's periods of time where there was drought and there was no rain and people were crying out to God. And you know, even in Southern California, we went through a drought not that long ago and I started to look at the, the morals and politics of, of California and, and like, well, duh, I'm surprised it hasn't come sooner. Because I, I do believe that man is pridefully arrogant, but are you paying attention about how quick things can switch? Anybody out there in the stock market right now? 
hey, I have a 401k when I was working in the secular world that I transferred and it's still there. And right now, the roller coaster is heading downhill, right? How long does it take for the world to panic? If the book of Revelation is fulfilled in some of our lifetimes, and let's just say some of the plagues that you've read about in the book of Revelation happen, how proud do you think, how quick is it gonna be for man to, to run into a hole somewhere? We think we got it together until a little thing happens or a, a minor thing or a fairly major thing, and all of a sudden we see what happens to humanity, right? We ain't that solid, folks. There's a bunch of people in panic mode, big time. And so the question becomes, to whom do we look? To whom or on whom do we rely? You've been listening to The Lord Answers Job, part four on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, we have free apologetic events coming up, and we'd love it if you joined us. They're called 633, and that's based off of Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, the COVID-19 pandemic, suicide, and how we as Christians can talk about these issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our free Living Truth app. And having the app on your phone or tablet will help because you'll be the first to know the details about our upcoming events. If you live outside California, you can still be a part of our 633 events because we live stream them. And with the app, you can participate in the question and answer portion of the event. Learn more about 633 when you download the Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars or by visiting walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we've been talking about how the Lord answers Job starting in Job 38. And the answer now moves to the rain and the snow. Is there an answer in the rain? <laughs> Is God in control of all the weather and all of these things that we see? Ultimately, yes, he is in control. Ultimately, the picture becomes the rain, the snow becomes a picture of not only God's control, but God's power and nourishment. In Isaiah 55, there's this idea of the rain coming down and watering everything and bringing growth. And there's an answer in the power of the elements as well. And of course, some of these things are mysteries here, but the Lord is answering Job, leading Job, I think, to another angle to look at things that God satisfies. God brings water to parched, thirsty ground and thirsty souls. And there at the, at the well, when he met the Samaritan woman, not by accident, he had to go through Samaria, he met a parched, broken woman and told her about living water. And she was ready to hear because she had had five marriages and the man she was with, she was living with. She probably had a guilt-ridden life, but also was a woman largely rejected by so many people in her life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel rejected. Job certainly did. You know, the woman at the well, you could picture Job on the ash heap. 
he felt rejected, mocked, marginalized. Maybe that's you. And God spoke to Job and said, there's an answer in what I've made. There's an answer in the rain because ultimately in the water, I bring life. And if you haven't found life in Jesus Christ, he does offer living water to every thirsty soul. And about three decades ago, I opened my heart to him by his grace and found that indeed he brings life. And if you are looking for that life or you want to come back home, this would be a wonderful time in the book of Job to come back to God. That's where Job is. He's hearing from the Lord and we've been hearing from the Lord too because the word of God's been opened and God speaks. And I pray that you'd find your way back into his arms. Find your answers in the face of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross that living water could flow out through the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in him today as your Lord, your Savior, your God, and your King. Well, this is Pastor Michael Anson. and this is Walk in Truth. And hey, if you're new to us, we happen to be going through the book of Job, and it is, it's been an amazing, profound, deep study talking about the problem of evil, yet the power of of the incredible good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So glad you're listening. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Pray for us. We appreciate your prayers and your partnership with us. And Lord willing, we'll be back here tomorrow to look more at The Lord Answers Job. We'll see you then. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for part five of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses one through 24, called The Lord Answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.